This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Good Melbourne. Good, I was going to say good morning, Melbourne. It's nearly Christmas, Beefy. I know, unbelievable. Weather doesn't really say much about it, really, does it? It's, yeah, it, we just come into winter and it's like, sorry, just come into summer. It's like coming into winter. I know, I've got long sleeves on. What's going on there? Yeah, definitely. All, all rugged up today. Hey, we're gonna, we've got a lot of exciting stuff going on the show this morning. Uh, we are going to be finding out more about uh, Olympic gold medalist Michael Diamond, who's just been forced to auction off his medal. It's a really sad story. We'll, yeah. we'll have more on that. Uh, also, I went to the Mai Tai boxing on the weekend. Kickboxing down at St. <laughs> Kelda Town Hall, the old rebellion. That was a bit of fun. Was it? Yeah, now what's with that weird music? How would yeah, you I s- don't know. I've seen how- it a couple of times and they keep playing the music in the background. It's very traditional. Hey, and uh, Would you describe like a flip music? Yeah, I don't know how to describe it's, it, to be honest. It's sort of like some, it's like Indian music or it's kind well, of atonal, is this all I can say? I'm guessing it's Thai. Oh, yeah. Because it's Thai boxing. Yeah. So or Thai kickboxing. So I'm assuming there's some uh, relationship to the yeah. Thai way of life and cultural aspects. Well, it's interesting. Not many of the boxers are actually Thai. They're mostly of Aussie descent. Yeah, oh, well, of course. Oh, I missed out seeing the girls. Very upset about that. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never seen girl kickboxers. Was there a big crowd there? It was a huge... I tell you what, girls, if you want to meet a man, this is a place to go. <laughs> Who knew what, what is one woman per ten guys? Really? Yeah. Oh, there you go. You know, these these guys are all into kickboxing, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a bit of fun. And uh, it, what what is it actually going to be on? Because they were recording and it's going to be on pay-per-view or? Well, it would have been live on, uh, there's a, like a fight network that they show all sorts of combat sports on. So it would have been uh, live on there. But uh, I'm sure it would have been filmed and they'll kind of squeeze it into the Fox Sports schedules when they get chance. Well, definitely a bit of a spiritual aspect with that because they, they pray beforehand. They sort of yeah, go into they the do. ring. And... Yeah, I think they uh, they pray to get the gods on their side and give them good luck and okay. good fortune and don't get hurt. That's the main thing. Which is interesting. They, they sort of go to all the four corners. I'm not sure if it's Buddhist or what, but um, they do, when they're actually recording it, you can see they've sort of inserted these clips instead showing the, tra- the, the, the boxers training, the fighters training. Yep. So they kind of miss that. Yeah, it's it's different. I've been to the kickboxing in Thailand. This is definitely a lot cleaner, a lot safer. There, there's not really, you know, in, in Thailand, we're, we're talking blood on the floor. This is it's violent. It's violent knockouts. Yes, I, I went to uh, went to a similar one down at uh, I think Chelsea Heights Hotel down there, and uh, I just remember, you know, there was a few one sided bouts, and I, I didn't want to be on the other end. That's for sure. They get kicked in the thighs like repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly, and you think, oh god, that must hurt. Oh really? Yeah, it was. Uh, it seemed to be the the theme of the night that evening, I suppose. But yeah, the music in the background was a bit weird, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. I'm I'm sure the fighters do not even notice once they're in there. How popular is kickboxing in this country, Beefy? Uh, who knows now? I mean, it would have been a lot more popular before. I remember when I was living on the Gold Coast, people like John Wayne Power, who just fought Anthony Mundine last week, he was huge for a while, but uh, kind of UFC and MMA has kind of grown in popularity. So I guess that's taken away a little bit for the uh, Mai Tai community. I think they've moved into a bit of mixed martial arts instead of straight up Mai Tai. I do like mixed martial arts. You've got a bit of everything in that one. Now, are you into boxing at all? Of course. Did you hear about the, the boxing match with Darcy Classic. Oh, last night. Well, yes. that, that lasted uh, all of 39 seconds, didn't it? How annoyed. What does it cost for? I don't know what it cost for a ticket. Well, that wasn't the, there wasn't the main event. Though. Oh, it wasn't? No. But how annoyed would you be if that was the one you're going to watch? It's out in 39 seconds. You know, Justin Hodges, and uh, he's only had two fights before. Mm. He's won both of them. And uh, Darcy Lissick, he's just signed or he plays for Toronto Wolfpack, who've just got to the Super League in the UK. So, uh, yeah, 39 seconds, and he was uh, quite a clean punch. But, uh, yeah, that was his first ever fight as well, Darcy Lissick. So 
three. Uh, weird ones, but it? there's loads of people like Sonny Bill Williams, uh, the New Zealand All Black and rugby league player. Uh, he's had nine or ten fights and won them all. Uh, obviously, Anthony Mundine we just talked about was a rugby league player and you know fell out with the rugby league people, so mm. took up boxing and did very well out of it. Uh, do you think Israel Folau might go into boxing? No, though? can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what he will go into? He's got a lot of money now, apparently. What's what are they suggesting, and how would they possibly I, I, know I, how much? Yeah, I, I read something yesterday that they reckon he might have picked up eight million. What do you think that his future might hold apart from Who eight cares? million dollars? It doesn't matter anymore. That, hate, hate preaching. Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to be that level of um, sportsmanship and get to, you know, you're going to want to be doing something. You don't want to be sitting there just sitting counting your cash. It's going to be a bit boring. Well, he's a preacher at his church now. That's what he needs to get into. He needs to give back to. Look, in all seriousness, he needs to give back to the community. Uh, if he's got this money, he needs to do some good with it because he has created quite a lot of hate and quite a lot of issues along yeah. the way. So I have this discussion uh, quite a bit with a good friend of mine, Rob Bryars, who's hosted the show with us before, and uh, he, he just says that, the you know, the Tongan community, they, they really get brought up that way. So whether or not it's hate preaching or whatever it is, homophobia or anything else, they don't know any different because they, it just gets brainwashed into them, and that's what they truly believe on a Christianity level. Um, they take the Bible as gospel truth, and, you know, when you live your life that way, it's a bit unfortunate, but uh, <sighs> look, I don't think he means any harm, but like I said, like I said, I, I just hope that he uses this windfall to give back to the community and help others that are less fortunate than themselves. Yeah, ourselves. we'll see. Do you think he might play for Tonga? No. Do they no. have a rugby team, Tonga? Yeah, yeah, they're quite good. He might actually, he might could go to rugby league, I guess, again, but oh, I can't see I it. I have heard suggestions. Look, no one knows what he's going to do, but uh, you know, if some people have suggested perhaps he'll go play rugby overseas. Possibly. I can't see it now. Would they want him? I mean, considering the controversies. Too, many, too much of a sideshow. You know, it's a bit like the Colin Kaepernick issues in the US. Oh, um, yeah. Nobody wants to. He, he did this. Uh, Colin Kaepernick did a uh, open training session to impress the NFL skates the other day, and by, by all accounts, he did quite well. He hasn't received a single call from any team in the NFL. They just don't want the sideshow. They just don't want it. Yeah, yes. I think Margaret Court's actually been invited to. What, what's happening? <laughs> Talk with about Court? another sideshow as well. So yeah, she has been invited to the uh, Australian Open this year because it is the 50th anniversary of her Grand Slam. But Tennis Australia people have made a big song and dance about it. We're only inviting her because it's the 50th anniversary. We don't agree with any of her beliefs. Same like Izzy Falao. But she is coming because she was a great tennis player. She was, indeed. Oh, she was but probably the best. Margaret's not as verbal in, really, as Israel is she? Uh, she maybe, has been, though. Maybe it's because she's not as current in terms of, you know, That's he was true. playing at the time. That's true. But so. she's in the same ilk as Izzy Falao. She, she's got her own church that she preaches at. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's a strange thing, isn't it? We did interview Margaret uh, we did. a while ago. She was a fascinating lady. She is a fascinating lady. Definitely is. Controversial, but mm. fascinating. And we're going to catch up with Gavin Wood this Yeah, morning. we've got some great guests today. It's uh, obviously this week, the President's Cup starts as well. So we've got Gavin Wood and we've got Matt Kaminsky going to come on, who's looking very much forward to the President's Cup this week. Matt Kaminsky is the Vice President for the PGA Tour. He is. So yeah. uh, he's going to tell us all the gossip uh, coming up with that. Coming up soon. On the Bucket List. Good morning on the Bucket List with me, Beefy and Diana Simons. And this is special, Di. This is very new. We know Sports Night Holidays, they do the Isle of Man TT like no other travel company can do it. But this one is a little bit different. This is the Isle of Man Classic TT. It's in late August, early September. Daniel, good morning. I bet you're excited by this one. Beefy, good morning. Good morning, Diana. I absolutely am. Beefy, anything that happens on the Isle of Man gets me excited, and the Classic TT is brilliant in so many ways. So, definitely excited. Where is the Isle of Man, Daniel? It's located basically in between Northern Ireland, Ireland, 
Scotland and Wales in the Irish Sea. So it's, it's in a, an incredible location nested in amongst all those different countries. And what is the classic TT? Great question. So it's like the name suggests, it's the TT and world's most prestigious race for vintage and classic motorcycles. So it's an opportunity to see some of the world's rarest and unique motorcycles racing at full gas. That's the exciting part about it. Uh, most of the same riders that compete in the TT also compete in the classic TT. So you're still seeing the world's best and bravest road races, but with a more relaxed atmosphere, uh, with event organisers and riders really embracing the, the classic area that the bikes were born in. There's four different classes of bikes. The, the one thing that we like to tell everyone or, or to make sure that everyone understands is don't be fooled into thinking that because these bikes are older that they're slow. The fastest lap in what's known as superbike class is just eight miles a lap slower than the record set by Peter Hickman last year in the regular TT. So it's fast, it's different. It's the Ironman TT with the classic difference. Now, the excitement that this brings and the the love of vintage motorcycles, I am sure you've got people coming for this one from all over the world. Who doesn't like classic motorcycles? Obviously, as always, it's predominantly Australia and New Zealand, but we get a large number of bookings out of North America, out of the UK, and even Europe. So, yes, beefy from all over. Why is this event so dangerous? It's held on public roads at incredible speeds. The riders must navigate, you know, a never-ending series of bends and bumps and jumps, stone walls, there's manhole covers on the road, telegraph poles. Plus, once the riders get up to the top of the mountain, the risk is simply the sheer cliff drop-offs. Plus, there's small crests in the road at, at different points where the riders can airborne in excess of 30 metres, so it's crazy stuff. Yeah, it is one of the most exciting and thrilling events you'll ever see. Now, this is very special. I know you guys market this as one of your very, very special tours. I'm sure you've got a load of special experiences ready for anyone that goes on the trip. Beefy, we do. I know this is only a 60-minute show, but I may need all of it to go through them all. (laughs) There's that many for this one. On the first night, the evening practice, we give everyone a main TT grandstand ticket into the second day, race day one, we provide the world-famous Craig Bar pub, one of the most special experiences, probably the best vantage point on the circuit, amazing balcony, amazing views, full day of hospitality. Race day two, we take them to what's known as the Black Dub. We put everyone on a VIP viewing platform, another great location to view the race. We offer a lap of the TT course and a lap of what's known as the Southern 100 course, which is another race there on the Isle of Man. We have a, a legendary TT legend or, or current rider that provides insights from a rider's perspective. We have a a behind-the-scenes paddock tour, again, with a TT rider personality. We have a classic TT heroes dinner at the VIP hospitality suite. It's on the Sunday night. It is an absolute incredible night. And then on the last night, I'm nearly there, uh, we have a Sportsnet Classic TT wrap-up party, an opportunity to say goodbye to your fellow travellers. There'll be a TT personality, a special guest MC, and then we'll even do a private screening of the movie No Limit at the Manx Museum. It is just chock-a-block full of incredible experiences. This one is one of my favourites and, and, and one of the best we, we offer. Why book through Sportsnet Holidays? I've just mentioned a number of bucket list experiences. We are the exclusive official travel partner of the Isle of Man government here in Australia and New Zealand, so everything is, is official. Cameron Donald is a, a two-time TT winner. He's our event ambassador. Flights, ferries, a comm, tickets, getting around on race days is difficult and, and we make it easy. Plenty of reasons to book on this package. This is it. Isle of Man Classic TT in 20- 
2020, late August, early September. All your flights, all your accommodation. It's, it's very difficult to get to the Isle of Man. It is even more difficult to get around when there's events on because they close all the roads, die. Fantastic. If you want to find out more, make sure you get hold of Sports at Holidays. You can call them on 1-300-888-858. That's 1-300-888-858. Or jump online, sportsnetholidays.com. That's sportsnetholidays.com. Does your sporting club or community group need help with fundraising? They all do. My Club Shop is your essential fundraising partner. This free service is simple to use and can provide a 12-month-a-year revenue stream. With support from great companies like Samsung and TCL and new features being added daily, this revolutionary platform is a complete game-changer. Did we mention it's all free? All you have to do is log on to myclubshop.com.au to register your interest and one of their friendly team will get in touch straight away. That's myclubshop.com.au and it's all free! What more do you need? You're listening to The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Good morning, Melbourne. It's The Bucket List with me, Beefy, and Diana Simons as normal. And we have got Mike Coleman from the Courier Mail and other Associated Press and the Herald Sun, obviously. Mike, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Now, you've followed the Michael Diamond story with great interest over the past few months. Came to a bit of a uh, an interesting end this week with the uh, auctioning off of his second gold medal. Oh, actually, his first gold medal, wasn't it? From Athens 96. From Atlanta. From Atlanta. Oh, it's too early, Mike. It's too early. Yeah, well, they both start with A. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, obviously Michael's faced some uh, some interesting health problems over the past few months, and it's uh, it's not a great story, is it? It's a very sad story, Beefy. Um, to think back uh, to Atlanta in 1996, and I mean, he was a national hero. Uh, I was there at the time, and we, we didn't win all that many medals in Atlanta. We won nine gold medals, but Michael winning a gold medal was just a, a huge thing for the country and a huge thing for him. And then he did it again four years ago in, in Sydney. And I mean, if you would have told him then that in, in 2019, he would have ended up selling both his medals to get through different issues that he was facing. And, you know, it's it's really sad. And I was I spoke to him on Thursday. He, he'd just come out of surgery 48 hours earlier, uh, had his gallbladder removed. He's got very serious heart problems um, and he can't work, he can't make a living, he obviously can't compete, which was his big dream to get back uh, into competing and, and make it to Tokyo. You know, he, he was in a pretty bad way and it, it is a, it's a, a very sad story. Yeah, of course. And, and you know, between himself and, and Russell Mark as well, they like you say, they were national heroes. And uh, it's not as if shooting gets a lot of press, but those two were really dominated the headlines for quite a while. Yeah, it's, it's one of those sports that comes along every four years, really, as far as Australia is concerned. You know, there are quite a few sports that might be huge in other countries or in Europe, which, you know, don't make the, the press here. And so it's a, it's a great thing, the Olympics that they do get that opportunity and, and to get to the very top of it as um, both of those guys, as you say, Russell Mark and, of course, Michael Diamond did. And, and you sort of would hope that there would be a happy ending to the to the story, but it hasn't been happy for Michael and he's uh, even facing a, a possible heart transplant mm. and he's had issues with, with the law and, and, you know, personal issues. So, I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it and, and say you know it's it's all looking good for him because it's not and when I spoke to him on Thursday he was 
he was pretty despondent. Look, he's not a bad guy. He's, he's a he's a good bloke. I, I think he's he's had his issues, but I mean, a lot of athletes have when they get out of the the spotlight. It's very hard for them, and and he's he's still in there. You know, he's still battling away. And as I say, he, he was hoping to get to Tokyo. He was on the team for Rio, which would have been his seventh Olympics, and then was dropped from that team when he had problems. Um, as I said, with the law, he was um, arrested for driving over the influence and had a shotgun and 150 rounds of ammunition in his car. In his, and he was charged with fire, three firearms <laughs> offences. But he fought that in court and was um, had the, the convictions quashed because yeah. the shotgun was properly handled. It was locked up in a strong box, uh, disassembled. It was He'd done everything right. And that was something that he was very upset about that his reputation as a as a shooter should be um under scrutiny and and he takes his sport very seriously there's nothing you can do about your health is there and um you know now he's that, that's his biggest problem he does it's really sad because it doesn't look like he's going to get a chance to win those medals back but his first medal sold for seventy two thousand dollars this the recent one sold for fifty thousand any ideas why there was you know a difference of twenty thousand between you know two gold medals yeah, I, I spoke to um, someone sort of on that side of it, and when I was told that it was fifty thousand, and I knew that the first one had gone for seventy-two thousand, I said, "Oh, that's a bit low, isn't it?" And they they said, "Oh no, that you know we're we're really happy with that." I think the the fact that it was a, the Sydney medal, and it was sold in Australia, even though it was bought by a British um, Olympian a, a fencer, that would have raised it. There would have been more people and more organisations here in Australia that maybe would have wanted to put it on show. And I think that pushed it up a bit. But the Atlanta medal, they they were happy with the with the price, although you know you'd always want more. But um, gold medals don't come up for sale that often, and overseas, you know they they would go for a lot more than that but again as you as beefy said you know it's a it's a sport that is not that well known in australia i mean if it was i mean kieran perkins and grant hackett have both won two gold medals and, and Susie o'neill's won two gold medals now if either of those put up for sale i think you'd be looking at over a hundred thousand but um you've got to take what you can get and and um they told me he was pretty happy with it so Oh, good. That's, well, that's what it was. We wish uh, Michael all the best in his road to recovery. And like I said, if he does need a heart transplant, they're not too uh, plentiful on the ground either, unfortunately. So uh, let's hope everything goes well. And he, obviously he's raising money to, uh, you know, he's got three kids through his uh, ex-wife and that's what he's kind of maintaining money for. And obviously when you can't generate any income, it's very, very difficult. Indeed. Michael Diamond. Absolutely. We, we wish him all the best. Mike Coleman from the Herald Sun, thank you so much for your time this morning. No problem, Diana. Thanks. You have a good day. Have you a too. great weekend, Michael. Thanks. Thanks for getting up early on the bucket list. You know, baby, when you're travelling, you never know what's going to happen with the currency market. The currency can fluctuate up or down. That's why it's good to find out more about Travel Money Oz. Yeah, it doesn't matter how skilled you are or how many times you've exchanged before. There is no foolproof way to get the best exchange rate. Ah, unless, of course, you take out Travel Money Oz's Rate Move Guarantee because they can give you that. Winner, winner. One less thing you have to worry about when you're travelling. You can give them a call on 1300 426 997. That's 1300 426 997. Or you can just jump on their internet site, www.travelmoneyoz.com. That's travelmoneyoz.com. Di, if you want to go on a sports tour experience, who are you going to
going to choose? Sportsnet Holidays Beefy, Australia's number one provider of sports travel. They offer travel packages and tours to over 50 of the world's biggest sporting events. Sportsnet takes the stress out of organising travel to those bucket list events. So whether it's the Australian Open Tennis or the Isle of Man TT, Sportsnet will ensure you have the adventure of a lifetime. Make sure if you're going on a holiday to a sporting event, go through Sportsnet Holidays. Give them a call on 1300 888 1-300-888-858-SportsnetHolidays.com Turn that dream sport trip into a reality. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Well, we have a very special guest on The Bucket List this morning at SEM Plus. He's been gone for 12 years. We lost him to Hollywood. Good morning, but now he's back. Good morning to Gavin Wood. How are you? I'm good, Diana. Good, Beefy. Good to be on your show once again. And I really appreciated that call when you called me in Hollywood. That was fabulous. Thank you. Oh, that was so fun. I was saying to Beefy before, should we call him Gavin Hollywood or Gavin West Hollywood? <coughs> or, or is it Gavin uh, Collingwood, Collingwood nowadays? <laughs> It's uh, it's actually Gavin North Melbourne. Oh, there you go, <laughs> even better. And always always has been a kangaroo. <laughs> so we're so excited to have you back. What finally brought you mm. back from from the the bright lights of Los Angeles, America? Well, you know, there's too many people carrying guns over there. The uh, idiot in chief uh, pivots <laughs> every day, and that gets just wearing after a while. And also, uh, everyone in West Hollywood is highly medicated. <laughs> and um, it's legal so, now. <laughs> Yes, I know. Everywhere you walk, you can smell it, oh, wow. and there's a degree of you know high high intensity. And after a while, you just get sick of it. But I've got five grandkids up in Brisbane with my two daughters, and mm-hmm. I've seen two of them. Uh, FaceTime is fantastic for you know on Facebook and all of that. So I you know it's time for Granddad to come home, and also Dad. I've got two great sons in Melbourne, and uh, so you know I've been away too long. Yeah, well, America's loss is definitely our gain. So is Melbourne your hometown? Uh, well, yeah, yes. I've been here longest, and uh, this, is where it, this is where it all blew up for me in the 80s. You know, when I came down from Brisbane, you know, I started at 3XY, got to breakfast the number one for a couple of years, and then from that came Hey Had Saturday and, uh, and, and Countdown. So I'm very blessed and thankful for those, uh, for those uh, small things. But, uh, you know, it really set me up, and, I, and Melbourne loved me, and I love Melbourne, and here I am again. Now, Gavin, are you going to catch up with Molly anytime soon? Yes, uh, I think Molly's totally consumed with uh, uh, one international star that's uh, appearing here. Oh, yes. But he did say he was going to throw me a party. So I think it'll be an amalgam of an Elton John, Australian cricketers, Gavin Wood party, uh, and that rolls into his Christmas party. So I think that that's what's uh, going, to, going to evolve. Of course, Elton is... Uh, oh, his tour is just extending and extending. I mean, obviously, he's in Melbourne this week. I think he's playing Rod yeah. Laver Arena a couple of nights this week. And then mm-hmm. I think the, uh, the tour's extended to into March now, which is phenomenal. Well, yeah, th- this is his uh, farewell tour, which is going to take five years. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, Elton is six foot. You don't realise it. He's, a, he's tall. And I'm, I'm so pleased because before this tour, he was really, really ill in, in oh. L.A. And I thought he was going to cancel out of Australia. And so did Michael Chug, the promoter. Michael had to go over to the uh, uh, Live Nation or whoever it is over in America to sit down and talk about, you know, the the logistics, what they're going to do if Elton cancels. But it's good to see him on stage. It's good to see him happy and uh, getting up the security guards. You've got to love Elton for that. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Oh, you talk about illness and cancellations. Obviously, Kiss, who were doing their own farewell tour, cancelled recently as well. 
Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Paul Stanley, he kind of covers the whole band and he's got a, you know, that, that's a big job for for a singer to uh, do a Kiss concert. I met Gene, uh, Gene Simmons for the first time uh, at the Beverly Glen Deli in LA about, oh, about two months ago with some Aussie mates. It was a very slow Saturday afternoon and Gene's come up because Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons always go to the Beverly Glen Deli. And uh, I've seen Paul there a few times and Gene's come up with his baseball cap on and, and man, he's a very arrogant man. You know, I didn't like him at all. I'm sorry for all those Kiss fans. Uh, one of my Aussie uh, girlfriends went over and said, oh, Gene, can I get a photo? And he stood there arrogantly eating his, his Frosty or his ice cream and he said, I'm posing. <laughs> I'm posing now, and I'm about to walk away. Oh. And I thought, you arrogant prick! What Ooh. you know? You, you could have just stood there and smiled, you know. So I don't. I'm sorry, I said arrogant, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't like him at all. I, I thought, man, with all your money, you know, you could be more gracious. Yeah. You know, uh, Sir Elton does it so well. He's he's great with his fans. He's terrific, and, and, and he's the epitome of a rock star. Oh, totally. So you've been gone for 12 years in Hollywood. It's an amazing story because you won the green card, the green card lottery, yeah. and you thought, oh, I'll give it a mm. go. What, what, is, what were you doing there for the last couple of years for people that weren't familiar with what you've been up to? Well, just a quick one. I won the green card, and I thought, hey, I, I didn't want to sit on the porch and say I should have gone, so that's why I went. Uh, and I'm now a dual citizen. I'm an American citizen and an Australian citizen. You can do that, which is, which is you know, gives me the freedom. But I, I went over there and um, set up Countdown Motion Pictures. And uh, we've been sourcing scripts. I've got, I've got 66, 67 screenplays now, all different stories, all different budgets. Uh, they're all original, but I haven't made any movies. And, and that's what the movie companies over there look at you and they go, wow, that's fantastic. Have you, have you made any movies? And you say, well, no, I haven't. And then they look past you and go, next? So, so I thought that was quite telling. So I thought, I'm going to come back to Australia and make a couple of good, fun Australian movies so I can get some runs on the board and then go back to America. I've got a couple of great Australian scripts that uh, we're going to be developing after Christmas. Well, at least the government uh, actually back the Australian film industry. It's not all private money. They, uh, at least they give you some seed funding to get it going. Well, of course, of course, Beefy, with Screen Australia and Screen Victoria, you know, they're all fantastic people. But, you know, it, it worries me what the government have done, you know, with the arts. That terrifies me a lot. Um, so I think we, we should all be protesting like they did last night. If only we could get our hands on some of that 50 million that Scott Morrison's given to Mr. Trump to uh, find life on Mars. Oh, please, don't get me started, Beefy. It could be, it could be an hour interview. Oh, no, tell me about it. I, you know, I fret about it all the time. It's all wrong. <laughs> yeah, of course, uh, in America, you would have gone to some amazing uh, sporting events there. What was your favourite? Was it the basketball or the baseball? Well, I'm a big baseball fan. I'm a big Dodgers fan, and it was good to see them not make it again. That's, uh, that's funny, you know, when, when they throw all that money at all the players. But uh, before I came, I, I saw the, the Lakers and the Clippers and it's great to see those two teams back with all their with all their great stars. I mean, it, I think it's going to be Clippers and uh, and uh, Lakers at the final. But then, you know, with, I saw LeBron and LeBron, LeBron James running down the court live is something to behold. He's he kind of runs on his tiptoes and and he just it, it's just angelic to see. You know, whereas Kobe gets in there and jumps around and and is aggressive. LeBron 
has has this finesse, which is unbelievable. I I just love it. And now the Lakers are singing, the Clippers are singing, and hopefully the Dodgers might do something next year and win. Now, I actually did a one of those Hollywood celebrity house tours in the hills when I was there. Oh, no. Oh, you didn't. Oh, you wasted <laughs> your money. I'm sorry. No, it was great. <laughs> we actually saw LeBron's house. He's actually, it's in a valley. Um, yeah. So in for Beverly pri- Glen? I'm not quite sure where it is for privacy. Oh, uh, yeah, no, no. You, you saw Robert Goulet's house. Did we? No, no, no. <laughs> no, those, look, those uh, tours, I mean, they're fantastic if you want to come in and, and go around, but there's a lot of shonky ones. You've got to be very careful. You've got to get on the, uh, on the best one. And some of them say, well, you know, Jimmy Stewart, this was Jimmy Stewart's house. You know, it was actually Christine Aguilera's house or <laughs> Neville Nobody's house. You know, so they're, they're picking up $70 a head. Uh, and, you know, how can you say, well, you know, how do you know that? Because Jimmy Stewart might have lived in there for, you know, six months or something. Well, so yeah. I've never I've never been on one of those. I heard too many stories. Well, they <laughs> said that's this is Gavin Wood's house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, oh, did they drive past the little one better by the pool, did they? <laughs> <laughs> something like that. But this is what they told us. They told us that LeBron's house was in a valley. It was a huge house. And that because, um, because of the fires there, he'd act- actually had to evacuate because you could only get out by helicopter. Yeah, he did. And he also set up a food truck to the fireys. Oh, which, nice. uh, yeah, he set up a whole food truck uh, to the fireys to, to feed them. And, and you know, um, I mean, the man's making $200 million a year. It's not going to hurt him. No. But, it, you know, it was just a beautiful gesture. What did you find the most unusual thing for an Aussie living abroad in America? Uh, the Americans. <laughs> a bit more information there. No, but surely you would have found, you know, in, in your extensive research and, and, and your trip over there, Diana, that... You know, they, they are uh, extremely, extremely straight, religious and hypocritical. Uh, I, I, after 12 years, I think I, I think I was there too long because I saw too many Americans. The, the, the great thing is you can have the best meetings in Hollywood. They will tell you exactly what you want to hear. Like, oh, this is a great script. Yeah, we're going to do this. Call my secretary on Monday. Organize a meeting. We'll get down and we'll power down and we'll really drill into the script. And you go, that's fantastic. You ring the secretary on Monday and you say, I'd like to speak to Neville Nobody, please. And uh, she says, just a moment, I'll check for you. Comes back and says, look, he's not in his office at the moment. Can you leave a message? (laughs) And you end up leaving a message for the next seven months until you give up calling him. That is disappointing. I've got to say, also, uh, I was there for about four days. I I didn't see one celebrity, Gavin. It's like false advertising. Uh, well, look, it's relative. You know, if you go into Melbourne, you know, hang around Bo Morris or, or wherever the suburbs are, you know, you'll see one occasionally, and um, and that's and that's what happens. In the twelve years I was there, I I saw Neil Sedaka and his and his convertible Bentley. I saw Fabio at the restaurant. Um, I saw Harvey Weinstein at a oh. restaurant. That pig. Did you have a date? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't see who who he was with. He just he he just commanded the restaurant. It was uh, Mr. Chow's. You know, it was a pretty expensive mm. restaurant. So he's obviously spending, which was good. He put something into the economy. Uh, and who else did I see? Uh, oh, Gene Simmons and uh, and I, you know, and also you know, if you want to go and see celebrities, I should have we should have hooked up because I could have taken you up to the Beverly Glen Deli because I was there one day and three little girls walked past and then four camera crews were all all around them. And it was the Kardashians oh, coming in no. for a, coming in for an ice cream. You know, I thought, well, that's going to be a good story, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing. girls wanting an ice cream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it, it was 
it was pretty yeah. pretty special. And also, um, I, I came out of the deli one day, and, and there's a, a Starbucks coffee shop about four doors up, and sitting in the outside table with Penny Lancaster was Rod Stewart. Stewart. He's so coming I soon as well. Yes, he is. Yeah. And I walked over to the great man and I said, hey, Rod, how are you doing? I'm Gavin Wood. I was the voiceover guy with Molly on Countdown. And he goes, oh, Molly, how is he? And and we had a little chat and uh, he was lovely. He was, you know, very gracious and the way a rock star should be. Well, he, well, he's made the news recently because of his uh, addiction to model trains. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> my... Uh, U.S. producer David J. Holman, who just did the album for Marty Rowan, the country album. David worked with No Doubt and uh, King Bees and uh, Christina Aguilera and all of that. David has, has there's a miniature train uh, place in L.A. and you can actually ride on these trains and they're they're actually got a motor and the whole thing and you sit on the train and and you ride along and he's got a couple of trains down there and it's a passion for him. And Rod Stewart invited him over to the house and saw the train, and David said it's the most impressive thing he's ever seen. No, absolutely huge. Well, Gavin, thank you for joining us this morning. Absolutely brilliant to also spend a bit of time with you, and uh, hopefully you will get to catch up with Elton and Molly and Rod when he's here. It's going to be an absolute whirlwind uh, kind of uh, back in Australia. It's going to be huge for you. Uh, more stars than Hollywood, Beefy. Exactly right. <laughs> it's a pleasure this morning to chat to Gavin Wood who was originally from, hey, Cant- thanks, from Countdown on the bucket list. And we've got Shane Stebman from Travel Money Oz again. Shane, how'd your Christmas shopping go last weekend? Not too bad. Didn't do as much as I planned. I need to get uh, a bit more stuck into it this weekend. Um, if you are going away for Christmas, when is the best time to get your foreign currency? Well, you can monitor the rates online at Travel Money Oz. So sign up to a rate alert and this will notify you when the rate hits your desired conversion. You can go ahead and come on into store or order online. We also recommend lock the rate in on a Travel Money Oz currency pass card. You can load up to 10 currencies on this card and use it all over the world. Don't forget to get your cash as well. We really recommend making sure that you're prepared with your cash. You'll need it for shopping. You'll need it for tipping. You'll be needing some cash for Christmas for sure. So while you've got your card already organised, come in and see us for cash as well. We have a rate move guarantee, which gives you 14 days protection on your rate, and we don't charge any fees for the cash exchange. Yeah, the rate move guarantee is absolutely brilliant. You need it whenever you change your currency. Now, Di's just come back from her her little bucket list trip from overseas. She's got a load of US dollars left over. What do you do with your leftover money when you do get home from your holiday? Well, while we might be sad that we have to come back to work and back to reality, and there's heaps of good options that you can exchange your cash and cart back into Aussie dollars at Travel Money. Any leftover cash that you have in your pocket, we take the notes back without any extra charge. And with your card, there's a few great things that you can do. Keep it for next time because it's valid for five years. And there's no interest or inactivity fees on the card, so your balance isn't going to be eaten away. Or you can transfer your leftover money onto Aussie dollars, and you can use it here in Australia. Or if you want to close the card completely, we'll transfer the balance back to your Aussie bank account. Now, the Travel Money Oz Currency Pass is obviously a must-have for all travellers. Have you got any other gift ideas from Travel Money Oz for this Christmas? We're really excited to have started selling the Corjo line, which means that we've got the universal adapters, the chargers, the credit card defenders. So it really has become a one-stop shop. So come on in. Great gift idea for people going overseas. Come and get your money. Come and get your card and all your travel needs in all in one place. Travel Money Oz is becoming your one-stop shop for every traveller. It doesn't matter whether you're going across Australia or across the world. Get in touch with Travel Money Oz. Shane, how best can we get in touch with Travel Money Oz? 
Check us out on our website, travelmoneyoz.com. On our store locator page, we've got all the deets to get to our store's location and each store's individual phone number. Definitely. It's the best way of doing it. Remember, Travel Money Oz currency passes. They've got the Corjo travel adapters and credit card defenders. And they've got the rate move guarantee. Remember, you can purchase your travel card online. So jump onto Travel Money Oz. Dot com. That's travelmoneyoz.com. Shane, the run into Christmas has started. Wish you all the best for the rest of December. Thanks, BC. Have a good weekend. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. And the PGA Tour starts Royal Melbourne on Thursday. Very, very exciting time of year. We have this morning Matt Kamensky. He is the Vice President of the PGA Tour. Thanks for joining us on The Bucket List. Hey, Diana. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Now, tell me, Matt, are you excited about the President's Cup? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited. It's been a long time planning, and uh, we're finally here. I'm just around the corner with the competition starting next Thursday, but we open the gates to the public uh, tomorrow morning. Perfect. And, of course, we've got Tiger Woods. He's going to be captaining. How do you think he'll adjust to not just playing, but captaining the team as well? Yeah, it's uh, you know it's pretty exciting that he you know obviously when he when he announced he'd be captain, but the, the fact that he's now uh, announced himself as a playing captain, so uh, definitely is going to be interesting to see what he ends up doing, uh, how he you know how he manages both. But what's great is he's got two uh, two of his captains' assistants that have served as uh, President's Cup captains in the past, and both have been winning captains. And Steve Stricker just recently in 2017, and Freddie Couples three times, and then he also has Zach Johnson there. So he's got good back up, so to speak, when he's out there playing. So, um, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he manages it, but um, uh, I think he'll do a a great job. That's a massive week for Royal Melbourne. Matt, uh, what kind of changes has the course had to be made to accommodate these uh, big crowds that are going to come through this week? Well, BC, I mean, golf course didn't really change much, um, but we did uh, erect a lot of things out here to accommodate the fans. Uh, We have upwards of 8,500 grandstand seats that are on property that'll just sit and wait for the, the action to come to them uh and at every one of those grandstand locations we've got a video board uh plus 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 so we've got 21 video boards around the property so they can see the the action that's happening uh, around the course and not have to be right in front of it so um yeah i mean we, we we've, we've made a lot of adjustments just to be conducive to the fans that are going to be coming out here to, to to see the greatest players in the world now the president's cup i mean it's fair to say the history of the president's cup has been quite one-sided over the years i think the international has only won once which weirdly enough was back in royal melbourne do you think the international team can turn this around this time oh look i mean you know i think uh you know as we see with any sport uh any sporting event um anybody can win on any any day and as they say in the united states and american football anybody can win on any given sunday and you know i think the internationals are in, in a good spot uh definitely with with what ernie's done as a captain uh in, in galvanizing this team and bringing them together uh more often and and, and regularly uh in advance of the event they're definitely ready and raring to go so you know the, the, the matches while it's been very one-sided on the pn scorecard um you know only one one win and a tie uh, and 10 losses for the internationals a lot of those events have been a lot closer than what uh, the final scoreboard shows and um, in how close the matches have been. So, you know, I think you've got a lot of guys coming up on the international side that have grown up watching these matches and have aspired to be on the teams, the Abraham Answers, the Lee Hao Tongs, 
the CT pans, those folks that have, uh, um, and and that's a great thing, and it's a it's a good thing for the internationals coming in with that kind of momentum and and uh, and passion for the event. So yeah, absolutely, they have a chance to, to you know, but the U.S. team is very strong and led by you know arguably the great one of the greatest well the greatest player of our generation in Tiger Woods. Competition actually kicks off Thursday, runs right through to Sunday. Matt. It- are there tickets left? How do our listeners get tickets if they want to go and see the great Tiger Woods and the rest of the international team? Yeah, but if you actually, um, tickets are still available at presencecup.com. Um, and, and while you said the competition starts on Thursday, the, the event is so much more than just the, the competition, the golf course that's happening. Um, our gates open uh, tomorrow to the public with the Junior President's Cup, um, starting their matches, six matches in the morning, six matches in the afternoon, and then uh, again on Monday with 12 singles matches that morning. So we're open to the public starting tomorrow for, for a full eight days of activities out here. Um, you can come out tomorrow uh, to watch the juniors, but also come out and see some live music from one to six in our fan village. And It's going to be a really good day, and it's a it's a $10 ticket to get in to kind of get you a, a taste of what, what's the come later in the week when the when the pros are out here playing so and in addition to that we've got our live side kicking off on monday night at the crown river walk uh, right in front of nobu there uh tiger ernie a couple from each team and uh, they'll be doing a little competition to a floating barge out in the river uh it's going to be pretty cool excellent man. i'm glad you said the tickets aren't that expensive people get along to the president's cup it's going to be a fantastic four days of competition but there is loads more going on as well matt i know you're a very busy man there's loads of stuff to get done this week all the best for the weekend and all the best for the rest of the week, too. Thanks, Thanks Matt. so much, BP. Thanks, Diana. And I'm sorry I couldn't come in to see you guys. Uh, maybe next time. Appreciate it. Matt Kaminsky, the Vice President of the PGA Tour, on the bucket list. We'll catch you next week, everybody. I have a great weekend of sport. It's the Australian Dance Sport Championships just right for you at Margaret Court Arena all weekend. <laughs> hey there, Beefy. Hey, Rob. Do you have nothing to do all the time? <laughs> Yes, I've got nothing to do all the time, Rob. Well, guess what? I've found something that you can do with your nothing time. (laughs) What's that, Rob? Listen to a great podcast called 365 Days of Sport. Right. It stars you and me. Oh, wow. So, other people can listen to it besides the people who are on it. Yeah. If you want. Get it wherever you get your podcast from. We're on Spotify too. 365 Days of Sport. It's the podcast you never knew you wanted to listen to.